2 Kings, 2 Kings chapter number 18 this evening. And uh, I'm thankful that we have a God that is still on the throne and still in control. And uh, we were looking at these, this passage and God just kind of laid this on my heart today and, and the last couple of days. And uh, just amazing how we uh, look through uh, uh, new times that we're looking forward to. The Christmas season has gone on. Yet the decorations are still in merry and bright way in most of the people's houses. Uh, my wife still has several trees up and lights, uh, praise God. And uh, when I get around to it, Brother Jose, I'll call you and let you know you can come help me, praise God. And, uh, but uh, we're thankful for the Christmas season. Why Jesus Christ uh, came into the world to be able to live the life that we needed to be able to have an ultimate sacrifice for each and every one of us to know that we can have a, a Savior, we can have salvation through Him. So thankful for the Christmas season. But now everybody's looking to New Year. And uh, I'll be honest with you, I just laugh at New Year's uh, because everybody wants a fresh start, Right? Everybody's wanting something new. Everybody wants a reset button. Uh, I, I love it. You, you got it. Uh, all the emails that I'm getting from all the sporting goods places are the treadmills are on sale. I'm telling you. Uh, and gym memberships. <laughs> They'll be amazing. Everybody's going to go out on the first because I'm going to get in shape. I'm already in a shape. So praise God. It doesn't matter what shape it is in, I guess. Uh, somebody said, well, if you get in shape and you act and you do a little better when you're eating and get healthier, you'll live a little longer. Well, what are you threatening me with heaven? Praise God. We all got to go some way, amen. And uh, I figured I'd just, Brother Earl, I'd just be happy. Praise God. And uh, enjoy a good time. But everyone is doing that. And I'll be honest with you, the majority of people are looking over for that. And there were just a few days of focusing on that new start. To be honest with you, 2020, we were saying good riddance with it. And then 2021 came. And then good riddance with 2021. And then 22 came into And now we're about to say goodbye to 22, go into 23. And there's only no, only the Lord knows what he has in store for us during the next few years. And I'll be honest with you, I'd be all right if the Lord just doesn't even wait till 23 and goes ahead and calls us on home. That'd be all right with me. As a matter of fact, I'm, I'm praying for it. Amber turned 16 on the 4th of January. You're getting it now. The roads will not be safe. <laughs> She's turning 16. I always told everybody that I was praying for her, and she was like Lazarus. She was, or Jesus with Lazarus. She was four days late. I was wanting to get that tax credit, but. She didn't come till January the 4th. Those of you that pay taxes, you understand that. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm thankful for that. But we look into this time that we go. We go into those treadmills, those treadmills that are on sale. And then to be honest with you, in about two months, they're going to turn into $500 clotheslines. I'll be honest. I, I did it myself. I know. And then I sold it in a garage sale for $25 just to get it out. And then you have those gym memberships that you have and they give, you put them and you sign up for a year and you get mad because you look at that however much you're spending for that gym membership and you're just upset and you don't go anymore. You go for the first week or two and, well, maybe y'all do go to your gym. Y'all looking at me like you should go to the gym more often. That's not nice. Somebody said amen on that. I didn't like that at all. 
But all those things that are coming together, we look at that, and what people are looking for is the fresh start that we need to have, and the fresh start can only happen one way, one way only. There's only one great reset button, and that is when you trust Christ as your Savior. And you have become a new creature in Jesus Christ. When he cleanses you from your sin and makes you uh, a white as snow, that makes you uh, available, clothes you in the righteousness of Jesus Christ, that is when we can have a true reset. We can have a true start. And then the majority would say that there's no such thing as that restart button, but it is through our Savior Jesus Christ. That's exactly what happened. He set you upon the solid rock. He cleansed you from your sins and you've made you a new creature in him. There are times that we have to have a reset or and when we need to have a reset button. And the best way to have a reset button is simply this, have revival. And I've been praying that God would send revival for a whole, a long time. And I believe that God will still send revival, but I believe that revival starts in us. Look with me in... 2 Kings chapter number 18, verse number 1, it says, Now it came to pass in the third year of Hosea, son of, king of, son of Eli, king of Israel, that Hezekiah, the son of Ahaz, king of Judah, began to reign. Twenty and five years old was he when he began to reign, and he reigned twenty and nine years in Jerusalem. His mother's name also was Abby, the daughter of Zechariah. And look at verse number 3. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. According to all that David, his father, did. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for this night. We thank you for the loving word of God that we have, the way we are able to open it, Lord, and to be able to look into your truths. Lord, I beg you right now, God, that you would just touch us one more time. Lord, I pray that you would just give us a message, Lord, that you would exactly need exactly for us, uh, Lord, to be able to deliver. Lord, guard our mouth and our mind, God, that we might not do anything that is uh, unpleasing to you, but God, that we would absolutely preach the word of God as, as you would have us to preach it. Lord, I pray that you'd be with, God, everyone that's here in the services tonight. God, I pray that you'd touch them. Those that are traveling, God, I pray that you would be with them, Lord. Those that are watching by way of the internet, God, I pray that you'd bless them, touch them, use them, God, for your honor, for your glory. Lord, I pray that you'd use this, God, for your honor and glory to make much of you the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Lord, as we look to a new year and look for fresh starts and new things, God, may the first thing on our list be to get a closer walk with you. Lord, let, a, uh, let us look for to have a, a closer relationship with you. And Lord, I pray you just touch us tonight. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen and amen. There are a few times in our lives where we have this reset and I'm so thankful that there are times that happen and we have revival in our lives. I need revival. Each and every one of us need revival. We, we need, to, need not to wait for somebody else to have revival in their life, but let's look for revival to take place in our life the very first place. I desire to see many come to the Lord. I desire that they cause a new and a fresh zeal for the Lord Jesus Christ. I desire that God uh, uh, touch our nation. Boy, our nation needs a touch from the Lord. 
Oh, how we need a touch from everywhere, every part of our government, every part of the, the people that, that are throughout all the nation. I, I know that we just need a, a fresh touch and a fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit of God to come upon and to bring a, a great revival in this land. And, and I'm praying for that. And there's other nations that need to have revival, but uh, I pray for our church to have revival. Wouldn't it be great for Harvest Baptist Tabernacle to get on fire for the Lord in such a way that we would send the embers across the world, across the nation. What a great thing. And we have a, a wonderful thing here. We truly do have a, a spirit of revival nearly every week here in our services. And I'm thankful that we have that. We have one of the greatest pastors uh, of all time. I'm so thankful for him. He's sought after in the preaching of, of the Word of God and how he goes and, and is able to give revival and touch revival uh, messages to the people of the other, other people in other churches. But thank God that we have him here here and thank God that we're able to hear that and let us not take that for granted at any time but let us be able to be thankful for that but in our text tonight we see a fresh start because there's a new king see the previous chapter in chapter number 17 in the book of second kings chapter number 17 actually begins to talk about uh, it outlines the people of Israel that they have blatantly rejected Jesus or the God the statutes the commands of the Lord and they have gone after other gods as a matter of fact it goes so far as to say that they started serving Baal it goes so far as to say that they set up groves they set up and were burning incense to other uh, gods. And they were uh, uh, even making a, a, a god out of the, the serpents that Moses had made. And my, how we begin to think that sometimes we don't have those gods, we don't have those, but oh my, we do. Our nation has those little gods where uh, we see the little G gods. And, and I, I love that God is compassionate and loving and, and how he even goes as far as to say, now I, I want you to come back to me. You've gone so far. But look with me, turn with me back in chapter number 17 if you can. Second Kings chapter number 17. Look at verse number 13 with me. Yet the Lord testified against Israel and against Judah by all the prophets and by all the seers saying, turn ye from your evil ways, and keep my commandments and my statutes according to all that the law that I commanded your fathers, which I sent to you by my servants, the prophets. He sent preachers. Thank God for preachers that preach the truth. Thank God for those prophets that were going forth and telling the people of Israel that you need to repent. You need to turn back to God. You need to go away from what you're going through right now. You need to turn away from these little G-gods. You need to turn to the God Almighty of this universe, the one that has brought the people out of Egypt, the one that has uh, turned his uh, way back to them and to, has brought them up, but yet they are turning from him, and yet he's given them another chance. Aren't you glad God gives us another chance? I'll be honest with you, there's been times in my life, brother, I didn't deserve another chance, but God gave me another chance. God touched me one more time. There are times in my life, even probably before I got saved, that God gave me another chance. Thank God that we can have a second chance with the Lord Jesus Christ. That God is not uh, gonna, going to just send us straight to hell. He gives us the opportunity to have salvation. Thank God that He can give that second chance. But when we look through and we see this, uh, God doing that, the people of Israel were allowed to go into captivity. As you begin to look, that northern kingdom was sent into captivity. Assyria came through and brought them into captivity. You say, 
Well, why is it that God would allow such a thing? The age-old question that everybody always asks, why do bad things happen to good people? Well, first thing I want to ask you, who said we're good? I don't believe that there's any... As a matter of fact, the Bible tells us there's none good. No, not... None of us. We all deserve hell. But God gave us compassion and love and grace and mercy and brought us to Himself and provided salvation for us. But the people of Israel did three reasons. There's three reasons that they were brought into captivity. What was the first one? The first one is they disobeyed God. They did everything that God told them not to do. Now, how many of you have children? Boy, there's a lot of people that aren't claiming children, praise God. You got children? How many of them have always been absolutely the most beautifully obedient? Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Anything you need, sir. Yes, ma'am. Y'all don't have kids like that? Nor... Nor do I. (laughs) I don't either. None of us do. None of us have that. And God is no different. The children of Israel were no different. That they were disobedient. But God kept telling them, come back, come back, come back. But yet, they continued to defy God and go against Him and disobey Him. What was the reason number two? They doubted God. My. Can God really... Did God really? Did He really do that for me? Did He do that for each and every one of us? Or or did He really? I've heard the stories. I've heard the stories. And that's why, I'll be honest with you, brother, that's why I hate to hear someone say that the uh, Bible stories of the Bible, uh, these are not just mere stories that somebody or fairy tales. These are something great from the Word of God, inspired by the Holy Spirit of God. These are true accounts that God wants us to know about, to read about, to learn from, that we not make the same mistakes. But can I say that? How many of us doubt God sometimes? Can God really? Has God really? There's times in our life where we we really pray for something and we begin to pray and we really think this is going to be the turning point. God's really going to do it. But sometimes it's our doubt. Remember, the, I, I believe it the other day, Brother Joseph and I were laughing about something, something about the faith of a mustard seed. And boy, it was something small. It was just a, the closing of a little door to make it close and to make it stay there. And, and I said, Brother, if you would have had the faith of a mustard seed. But to be honest with you, and I'm not, I'm not joking, I'm, I'm just joking with you, Brother Joseph, but, but boy, how we doubt God. But we serve a God that's mighty. <laughs> Powerful, wonderful, a wonderful Savior that we serve. But then number three, the third reason, why is it that, why is it that God was, uh, allowed them to go into captivity? They defied Him. We are in a nation right now that have the fists in the air at God. If you look through and, and how people are living, the way that they, they say you don't have a right or that's not a truth for me, that's a truth for you, well, uh, it's either f- true or it's false. But they stand up and they say, no, I don't want that. I don't want God to have anything in my life. I don't want God to have a place in my life. And they're defying God and they're daring God. God, I even dare you just try to be a part of my life. And I'll be honest with you. I get down on my knees and I beg God. I need you. 
I need you more today than I did yesterday. I need you more today than in the years before. I I need to be able to have the wisdom to be able to raise my children, the wisdom to be the the husband that I need to be, to be the the preacher that I need to be. I need wisdom to be able to go forth and and, and to help others and to be able to tell about Jesus Christ and and go about all those things. And, And they were defying God, but yet we need to have a nation that turns around to God. And where it starts, Brother Mike, is right here. Starts with you. Starts with me. I can't point my finger. Jesus Christ is the one that said, Hey, why, why are you worried about the, the little toothpick in your brother's eye when you've got a two by four sticking out of yours? Why are you worried about this when you need to take care of your own business? Boy, there are things that we need to turn around. But we see a God that raised up another person that would continue and to be able to bring others back to Him and to bring others to be able to look forward to Him. And you say, Well, what are these things? Well, there's some little things that he did right, that made all the difference. See, we think, we think that we, we have to do all the things. Remember, I was talking about earlier, you go onto this diet. We got to go onto this diet. We can't drink anything but water. That just make me mad. Need a Mountain Dew every once in a while, praise God. And, and I can't eat anything. I can't eat any red meat. I can't do this. I have to eat nothing but green beans. Although Del Monte is pretty good, praise God. Can't eat anything but this, can't eat anything but green things, can't have any starches anymore. And I'll be honest with you, I'm so mad by the time I get done with one day of dieting that I'm, I'm ready to just shoot the whole world down, praise God. I'm just being honest with you. We think that we got to make these great changes in our lives and maybe be able to change everything in our life to be able to do something, but maybe just the little things. Maybe the little things that we could do. What is it? Number one, the very first thing that he did, look with me in verse number three. And he did that which was right. That's not difficult. That's not hard to do. He did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that David had done. See, in this portion of Scripture, we're looking at what all of these evil kings before and his dad, but to be honest with you, his dad was not a great king. His dad did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord. But yet there was somebody in Hezekiah's life that changed him. Glory to God. Aren't you glad that one day somebody came along and gave you a message that changed your life? And the message was the Lord Jesus Christ. The message was the salvation and the blood of Jesus Christ. Somebody came alongside. He may have had an evil father, but boy, but there's somebody that came through and influenced him. It doesn't even say, Brother Joseph, who it is that influenced him. But I'm thankful that there was somebody that told him to take a stand for God. And I'm here to tell you tonight, I, I may not be anybody important around this world, but I can tell you this, just do right in the sight of God. Do right for God. Do right for Jesus Christ. Tell somebody about Jesus Christ and live for the Lord Jesus Christ and do right. Be an influence to the generation that's coming behind us. Boy, we need to continue on to be able to do that. Just one man will make the difference. One man made the difference in all of uh, uh, the Judah, uh, all of the southern kingdom. One man. How is it revival took place? Because one person took a stand. Boy, the revivals over in the Welsh area, uh, they, for years and years and years, they were worried about how things were so terrible. And, 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 and boy, there were pubs and there was women of the night and there were all these things that were going on there in that area. But one man started praying. And when that man started praying, he would get into his bed and he would begin to shake so fervently and so hard 
hard that his brother wouldn't be able to sleep next to him in the room. So his brother did this. I guess I'll just pray too. Hallelujah. So his brother started praying. It was one man that started praying. And then two men started praying. And then all of a sudden, God started moving and revival started taking place. Why? Because one man started determining to do something for the Lord Jesus Christ. And do right for Lord Jesus Christ. And that is exactly what we need to do this evening. To be able to go out into the highways and the byways. Go to our houses. Go to our, our cities and towns that we're going in. And just do right for the Lord Jesus Christ. Tell people that... To do right for Jesus Christ. Tell them about the Savior, Jesus Christ of this world. Boy, every individual man, we're our own person. But we do have choices. We do have choices. But what we do will make a difference in somebody else's life. Whether good or bad, you are influencing someone in your life. And I say, if I'm going to influence somebody, I want to influence them for the cause of Christ. Or to just do right for the Lord Jesus Christ. He did right in the sight of the Lord. Number two, look at this with me. In verse number four, he removed the distractions. He removed the high places and break the images and cut down the groves and break in pieces the brazen serpent that Moses had made. For unto those days the children of Israel did burn incense to it, and he called it Nehushtan. Now, that's amazing verse to me. Because I say it's the little things, but boy, there may be some things we need to get rid of in our life. <laughs> I didn't say it's going to be easy. There's some things that we need to get rid of in our life. See, we have these things that we don't consider to be gods, but yet we put them ahead of God. And that becomes a God to us. When we remove the distractions, I'll be honest with you, I don't know what the distractions are in your life. There there may be a, a ton of distractions. There may be a ton of things that go on in your life throughout the day that keep you from the Lord Jesus Christ. But I'll be honest with you, we got to put Him first. I could go on and I could go through a, a laundry list of things. I'll be honest with you, when you preach to, to young people, it's real simple. That phone. I'm not going to be there. There's a lot of things that you can preach on. There's plenty of Bible to preach on that you don't have to preach about the things of this world. But there are things of this world that Satan has placed to be a distraction for you. And as long as you allow that distraction to continue to keep you from the relationship that you need to have with the Lord Jesus Christ, then that is being a God for you. I I was amazed that you begin to look at this and how they begin to worship little things and they were burning incense to this brazen serpent. And we know that that has been fulfilled through the Lord Jesus Christ. There was no need for that any longer. Why? Because we have the Lord Jesus Christ that's been lifted up as the serpent was in the wilderness. Now we can look to Him and He proclaims salvation. Why? Because He died on a cross for each and every one of us. And I love that word Nehushtan. Now when you look at this word, you begin to say, well, what in the world would that word possibly mean? Well, it simply means this. Nothing but brass. 
Nothing but brass. Brass was exactly what Moses had taken and melted down and began to form those and formed those serpents and made those serpents to, to be able for God. And God had told him to do that. God had told him, make this and lift it up in the wilderness so when the fiery serpents come along, they can just look to the serpent there and they can be healed. Thank God now that we have the Lord Jesus Christ, we can look to Him. We don't have to work to an idol, look to an idol and do anything else. We look to the Lord Jesus Christ and be healed of our sins to be able to be healed of all those things. Thank God for that. But yet, He's just simply say this is a whole bunch of nothing it's just brass see we always think about how we are able to gain the next thing in our life how can I gain the next thing in my life but yet it's nothing but brass you're not going to be able to take any of those things with you when you go When you close your eyes in death and you open your eyes on the other side uh, to the glory of the Lord, praise God, what a wonderful thing. And you're not going to worry about how much was in your bank account or how big your house was or how nice your car was or what was going on in the great uh, suits or things that you had in your life. Those things are not going to matter. But it's the Lord Jesus Christ and the things that we lay up in heaven, the treasures that we lay up there, those are the things that we need to make sure that we're looking forward to and removing these distractions. Out of our lives. Not only the removing our distractions, but number three, look in verse number five with me. This is real simple. I say. He trusted in the Lord God of Israel. Now the songwriter wrote it. It's in the Red Book hymnal. Trust and obey for there's no other way. To be happy in Jesus is to trust and obey. I'll be honest with you. It sounds really easy. It's easy preaching. You just got to trust God. You just got to trust God. You just got to trust God. And how many of you have gone through a trial or a tribulation in your life and a preacher or somebody of uh, people of God have come alongside of you and said, well, you just got to trust God. You just got to trust God. Just, just trust Him. And you're thinking... How in the world do I do that? How in the world can I possibly go? But yet he's simply saying the little thing. Just trust me. Now each and every one of you walked in tonight and sat down on that pew and you trusted that pew. And we say that we trust Jesus Christ with our eternity. What he did on the cross and he said in John 19.30, he said, it is finished. And we trust that Jesus Christ did that, but yet when it comes to the little things of paying a bill, it's hard to trust God. Comes alongside, but what about this medical thing that's going on? Just trust God. Boy, that's easy preaching, but it's hard living. In 2 Chronicles 29, this is actually a, a, a parallel verse, or a, a, a verse of this, 2 Kings 18. It says this in verse number 5, And he said unto them, Hear me, ye Levites, sanctify now yourselves, and sanctify the house of the Lord God of your fathers, and carry forth the filthiness out of the holy place. Well, all the things that were mounted up in the house of God. He was saying that you're removing these distractions, you're getting rid of it, and we're going to trust God and only God. There's nobody else that we're going to trust anymore. Boy, there's so many times that we try to trust in our bank account or try to trust in our own way or our own ways of making things. But God is simply just telling us, just trust me. 
In verse number 10 of that same chapter in 2 Chronicles 29, it says, Now it is in mine heart to make a covenant with the Lord God of Israel, that is, the fierce wrath may turn away from us. Boy, he's simply saying, I don't want God's wrath to come. I'm just going to trust him. I'm going to put my faith and my trust completely on him. And Psalm chapter number 32, verse number 10 says it this way. And he that trusteth in the Lord, mercy shall compass him about. Boy, I just want the mercy of God. I believe I just want to trust him. Boy, it's easy to say, but it's hard to do. But I'm just going to say, I just want to trust God tonight. And child of God, I want to tell you, with whatever the situation is in your life, just trust God. With whatever's going on in your life, just trust Him tonight. And give it all over to Him and say, God, I can't do anything about it anyway. I give it all over to you. He removed the distractions. He did right. He trusted in the Lord. And I like this one in verse number 6. Verse number 6, it says, For he clave to the Lord. Y'all know what that word clave means? I love it. Because it goes into something even greater than just holding on to. It even goes back to Genesis 2.24. Whenever it says that the principle of a man. That he would leave his mother and father. And he would cleave to his wife. What does that mean? It brings to come forth. And it says that I'm actually cementing myself. Cementing myself to the Lord. I'm holding on. I'm, I'm cementing myself. And it's not me holding on to him. It's him holding on to me. That's why it's a cement. Because I can't do it myself. But He can do it. Thank God that He has done it for years and years and years. And I just want to say that I, I want to I be so bonded to the Lord Jesus Christ that nothing can come between us. I want to be so brought, to, uh, brought uh, so closely to the Lord that there's nothing that will be able to, to break it apart. There's, uh, you have to go and, and, and do something that's absolutely unimaginable to be able to try to do that. But thank God that we can cleave to the Lord. Cement ourselves. Psalm chapter number 296, verse number 2, it says this, Sing unto the Lord, bless His name, show forth His salvation from day to day. Declare His glory among the heathen, His wonders among all the people. For the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. He is to, to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the nations are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Boy, I want to hold on to somebody like that. I want to be bonded with somebody like that. Thank God that he welcomes me and he says, Hey Shane, I want you to come into the throne room of heaven. I want you to come in and be with me. I want you to cleave to me. I want you to hold on with all that you can. Because I I love you. And it says to cast all your cares upon him. Why? Because he cares for us and loves us. And I'm so thankful that we can cleave to the Lord. He does right. He removes the distractions. He trusts the Lord. He cleaves to the Lord. And verse number 6, this is good. He followed the Lord. He claved to the Lord and departed not from following Him. See, that's where the rubber meets the road. See, we can all have this reset button where we get up and we come to an altar and we, we say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray and I'm going to give it all over to the Lord. I'm going to trust you and I'm going to get these distractions out of my life and I'm going to cleave to you, Lord, and I'm going to go out and I'm going to do right and, and, and I'm going to do that and I'm going to follow you. But then all of a sudden, you get out those doors and the devil hits you with something before you get out of the parking lot. The devil hits you before you get to the house. 
You get to the house and there's a, a voicemail on your, your phone where you've got to listen that something is already coming between you and God. But yet you just hold on, child of God. Just hold on stronger and stronger and cleave to the Lord and follow Him and, and make sure that you don't allow anything else to get between you and the Lord. Beloved, ver, uh, chapter number, uh, or third John, verse number 11, it says, Beloved, follow not that which is evil, but that which is good. And he that doeth good is God, but he that doeth evil is not see, has, hath not seen God. And we have to look forward to saying that, hey, I'm going to hold on to God because He is good and He is doing good things for me. He did right. He moved the distractions. He trusted the Lord. He claved to the Lord. He followed. And then in verse number 6, He kept the commandments. (laughs) He claved to the Lord and departed not from following him, but kept his commandments, which the Lord commanded Moses. Psalm chapter number 119, verse number 18, it says that, Show me, show me, God, the marvelous things from your law. That's why we should spend time in the word of God. Keeping His commandments, loving Him, those are those things that we do. But in verse number 97 and 98 of Psalm 119, it says it this way, Oh, how I love thy law, it is my meditation all the day. Thou, uh, through the uh, commandments, hath made me wiser than mine enemies, for they are even with me. The laws of God, the commandments of God, the Word of God. Follow them. Keep them. Do what God has commanded us to do. He gave us His Word for a reason. But the amazing part to me about all of this is you say, well, Brother Shane, if I did all those things, if I really worked hard and I I did what was right and I removed the distractions out of my life and I trusted in the Lord and I I claved to the Lord and I followed the Lord and I I even kept the commandments, what good is it going to do me, Brother Shane? Well, the results are real clear in verse number 7. And the Lord, hallelujah. What better, what better thing could possibly come than that verse right there? And the Lord was with him. Boy, tonight I want nothing more than the Lord to be with me. I want him to lead and guide and direct every part of my life. I'm begging God that He would use us, but I want Him to be with me, to touch my life. Tomorrow when I get up, I want Him to lead and guide and direct me. Before I go home tonight, I want Him to lead, guide, direct everything. And folks, we need to all look for that result, for the Lord to be with us. What a wonderful thought to be able to have the Lord to be with us every step of the way. The great thing is that he promised that he'd never leave us. He'd never forsake us. So boy, the results are well worth the work that we put in to do these things. Boy, for the Lord to be with us. It's the little things. It's the little things that make the difference. When you start the new year this year, let's do the little things. Little things to bring honor and glory to the Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father.